Aren't you glad that the Alleluia is back? That we put it away and now it's back and we can say it with great gusto because we have a great, a great reason to celebrate. We come into God's presence recognizing that Jesus has risen from the dead, giving us hope, giving us a new sense of peace, giving us a new sense of why we come together as a community. In Jesus' name, we are welcome and invite you to hear these words that God has placed on my heart to encourage you on this Easter and into the weeks and months to come. Let us pray. God, we are grateful for this Easter, this chance for us to celebrate this good news. Might it be good news today and good news in the days to come. Might we be people of good news as it transforms our lives and transforms the ones we will meet. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A man was flying from Seattle to San Francisco. Unexpectedly, the plane stopped along the way in Sacramento. The flight attendant explained that there would be a delay. And if the passengers wanted to get off, they could. They could reboard then in another hour. Everybody got off the plane, except one gentleman who was blind. His seeing-eyed dog was there. It lay quietly throughout the flight underneath his feet. The pilot came to greet this man, knew him by name, said to him, Keith, we're in Sacramento for almost an hour. Would you like to get off and stretch your legs? The blind man replied, no thanks, but maybe my dog would like to take a little stretch, kind of stretch his legs a bit. Picture this. All the people at the gate area <laughs> came to a complete standstill when they looked up and saw the pilot walk off the plane with a C&I dog. The pilot was even wearing sunglasses. They not only tried to change planes, they tried to change airlines that day. Apparently, a true story. This true story and our story this morning from the Gospels reminds us that things are not always as they seem. This reality causes us to wonder at times just who or what we can trust. And this dilemma can whittle away at our hope as we seek to find a way forward in life. Let's face it. At times, we are a people who struggle to hope, to find hope in this world. It can be so confusing, can't it? Who can we trust? Who can we believe? These are good Easter morning questions for us to ponder. The Easter message declares, we are not a people without hope. Church, we, we have hope. A hope declared in history, a hope declared in our very souls. Church, what are we to make of these gospel stories? These stories that suggest that Jesus truly might be who he said he was, which is the Savior of the world. History tells us 
that a few years after the reported resurrection of Jesus, several thousand followers of Jesus were living under Emperor Nero's, Nero's reign. It was not an easy time for them. It's reported that followers of Jesus, those early Christians, became fodder for Nero. Many were crucified. Some were even set on fire as torches in his gardens. Horrific events. Persecution. But 300 years later, through all the persecution, through all the struggle, there were millions more just like them. In all of its iterations, Christianity is said to be the world's largest religion. There must be something to this story, friends. Is it because Jesus was truly who he said he was, the Savior of the world, who will and can transform lives, can transform your life and my life, and offer the world real hope? compelling message, a compelling message of a loving God who offers real hope and transformed lives. There truly must be something to this claim of Jesus being that long-awaited Messiah, the Savior. Is this still true? What does your heart tell you this morning? You know, Christianity began in obscurity. The first missionaries were commoners whose message appeared nonsense to the sophisticated. With some exceptions, Christianity's chief appeal was to the outcast and to the marginalized of the society. People like Mary Magdalene and a small band of uneducated fishermen some hated tax collectors, people of questionable repute, and lepers. I love this part of the story, don't you? Because it suggests that this gospel story, this gospel story is literally for us all. And it challenges us to ponder again what we are striving for in this life. These were people with no political clout and little money. They're from the margins who from the beginning were persecuted, left out. We're an annoyance to the culture around them at best. So what are we to make of this? As we remember each year on Good Friday, as the sun set on that day of Jesus' execution, Jesus appeared, Jesus appeared to be a failure. Those first century disciples must have wondered, were Jesus' promises about who he was and the kingdom of God that he would usher in, were were they no more than just stories? Little more than provocative but powerless rhetoric? Let's be honest, no matter what Jesus said about sacrifice and resurrection during his lifetime, his disciples obviously did not understand it. They didn't get it. They did not fully expect Jesus to be indeed their Savior that would actually rise from the dead. 
on the night Jesus was arrested. Simon Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, didn't get it. He crumbled from fear as he denied even knowing his Lord three times, thus living out Jesus' prophetic message to him. And after the resurrection, on the evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were huddled together with doors locked in fear for their lives, wondering, wondering, was it really all over? What's going on? This couldn't have been Jesus' plan. I wonder how many times I've mumbled that same statement under my breath throughout my life. Well, certainly without Jesus' resurrection, it was over. Without the resurrection, there was no plan. Was it the resurrection of Jesus, the Savior, that revived the movement and inspired his followers? It's impossible to imagine that this Jesus movement could have even continued without the resurrection. Where would they have gotten their power? Where would they have gotten their conviction? Where would they have gotten their nerve to tell this gospel story? Their transformed lives inviting others to experience it as well. And now, over 2,000 years later, here we are celebrating the power of the Easter message with faith and hope. Jesus, the Savior, is raised from the dead. Right? Right? Well, let the church say hallelujah, and Jesus lives. Jesus, the risen Savior, thus becomes the center and focus of our faith-inspired hope. Many, if not most of you here this morning, and us gathered online, have based your lives on this story of hope. It's the reason why you feel like you have real purpose in this world. It's what gives meaning to your life and hope for eternal life. It's the reason why so many of our lives have been changed so radically, so different from where we were before. And we are still experiencing that change. That change as we try to deny ourselves each day and take up that cross, fulfilling the tasks that have our names on them here in this life. As we seek to follow this Jesus, this Jesus that walked among us, this Jesus who went to the cross, this Jesus who went to the tomb but rose from the dead, Jesus, the Savior. It's why so many people I have met throughout the world can face complex challenges in life with courage and hope and faithfulness and even thankfulness. It was the resurrection that created the Christian church and sustains it today. It was Jesus' resurrection that transformed a group of desperate and frightened people into that courageous number who were willing to risk everything in the name of their Savior, in the name of Jesus. It was Jesus' resurrection that brought into being and set into motion this gospel message which has been shared in nearly the entire world 
and has changed the face of humanity. The words of the New Testament practically leap off the pages, offering that hope and joy, first of all, most of all, and last of all, over the empty grave. I mean, we certainly wouldn't celebrate Jesus' birth if there weren't a resurrection, would we? So, my Easter morning friends, I ask, does it give you hope? Does it give you meaning? Is it what makes this sometimes challenging and at times even unbearable life worth living? It was Mary Magdalene who was the first person to see that Jesus did rise from the dead. She saw the empty tomb and the angels. For Mary, Jesus was the changing point of her whole life. Jesus changed her world completely as he came into her life. And because of it, she followed. It was Jesus who was the first to treat her as someone of value, a person of sacred worth, someone as worthwhile as anyone else, someone worthy of God's love. It's the message that Jesus extends to us today as well. My friends, will we let Jesus, the Savior, do this for us as well? Will we listen and receive this message of love offered literally to all who have ears to hear and open minds to receive? Because Jesus first loved Mary, Mary loved Jesus right back. This can be our experience. This can be our experience this Easter if we would but receive that gracious love found in our relationship with Jesus. In another gospel, in John's gospel, it says early on that first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. And this caused all kinds of chaos as she ran back to the other disciples to tell them they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. After the disciples confirmed what Mary had told them, Jesus' disciples, the Gospel of John tells us, this is just after Mary tells them that the tomb is empty. John's Gospel says they just go home. They just go home. They wonder, well, what does this mean? But the story tells us that Mary stayed and lingered there. She was outside that empty tomb crying. Was she remembering what Jesus had said? Was she pondering the possibilities of what he had proclaimed? There she was, outside the tomb crying. Friends, how many times have we also found ourselves as we deal with life circumstances full of emotion, feeling alone, seeming betrayed by the world, without much hope, unsure of the future. Well, as Mary wept, she, she just placed her head again inside the tomb. One more look, she thought. Could this really be happening? What is really happening? Could things really have gotten this bad after all the hope we had? 
Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like things were so difficult you just didn't know what to do? To where you should look for the hope that could break through? Mary looked again into that empty tomb to see if it might just offer her some hope. And it did. And it did. Friends, could this Easter be another look for you? Is there hope in a risen Savior and an empty tomb for you? The other disciples, they just went home. Again, we learn from John's gospel that because Mary looked again, longing for more, she saw the angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And sensing someone behind her, Mary turned and again saw Jesus standing here, although she didn't realize it was Jesus. Until Jesus said, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And thinking he was the garden, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, fill in the blank with your names, friends. Jesus said to him, her, you. And as soon as Jesus called her name, she knew it was him. Jesus' words and promises have never been wishful hopes as the world offers, but actually a sure hope. For God has indeed triumphed over death. And I declare to you this Easter morning, in faith, that Jesus is the risen Savior for the world. The scripture declares and the spirit confirms that Jesus is God. And a God of love and peace and understanding and forgiveness and especially hope. A God who will never leave us to ourselves and never forsake us. So what can be our takeaway from this message today? My friends, there is purpose to this chaos. There is purpose to this confusing existence. And we can find it in Jesus. There is sanity amongst the anarchy and turmoil. We are not alone in this world after all. Jesus has come into this world to show us what it means to live the sacrificial life of faith. To do God's work on the cross and know and declare the hope we have in this life. But what will you do? What will I do? What will we do? What will we do with this good news today? You might be asking yourself, what does it look like in someone's life if they're transformed by this good news? When they actually meet this Savior Jesus. This is a story I've shared several times over the last couple of weeks. It's just one of those stories. One of those moments in my life that I saw the profound. I was, I was just standing out in the common, right out here at the Connections Corner on a Tuesday night. As pastor, sometimes I just like to stand out in the common when people are coming and going and just greet people. It was one of those nights. And in walked 
from the parking lot, a woman I'd never met before. She was coming to one of the, one of the support groups that meets on Tuesday nights. I greeted her, she said hi, and then she kind of looked past me and she said, what are those? And she was looking at some of these bags that we have at the Connections Corner. Some bags we put together a few weeks ago to encourage our members to have in their cars and so when they come upon people who are signing on the side of the road, we can offer them some, some clean socks, some hand warmers, some, some granola bars, a little bit of money, and a little note. I said, well, there are these gifts bags that we have for our members to hand out to people just to let them know that they are seen. She goes, oh. She goes, you know, as a part of my recovery, I make those bags too. I said, really? What? That's awesome. She goes, that's not the end of the story. <laughs> I said, okay. She said, after I started recovery and I realized that it was the love of God that was helping me in my recovery, that there was a power beyond myself that I could draw on to face this challenge, to face my recovery. I thought I need to do something for someone else. And so I started making those bags. I said, well, good for you. She goes, that's not the best part of the story. <laughs> okay. She says, I store them in my car and when I drive along and I come upon someone, I just drive right by them. I thought, well, that can't be the best part of the story. <laughs> she says, and then I go park and I go get a bag out of the car and I walk up and I hand it to them personally. I go, well, that's a great part. That's not the best part of the story. <laughs> she says, I hand them the bag and then I ask them, what more can I do for you? What else do you need? Maybe, maybe a warm meal or maybe just someplace to warm up or maybe a, a telephone to make some phone calls. Maybe there's something else I can do for you. And I go, that is incredible. She says, that's not the best part of the story. I go, I don't know if I can handle waiting. <laughs> she said, here's the best part of the story. I've been doing this now for two years. And some of those people that I've met along the way, helping me in my own recovery, have become some of my closest friends. We spend time together. We fellowship together. We do things together. They're my closest friends. My friends, that's what a transformed life looks like. Someone who recognizes the good work that has been done in their life and then carries it out in their life for the good of others. Isn't that a great story? Don't you want to have a story like that for you? God has one for us. If we would be open to God's leading. And so my friends, this Easter don't just go home with this message. Let the power of God's spirit use this message to transform you. Embrace the hope that we have in the risen Savior, Jesus. Let the church say amen. amen. Let us pray. God, we're grateful for this message and grateful for the ways that we see transformed lives around us that inspire us and encourage us to experience that transformation for ourselves and then in that transformation create spaces for others. So God, as we gather here, help us to have ears to hear and an open heart to receive.
And then the courage, the courage that you will continue to give us to live out this good news. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.